What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Sweat Local podcast brought to you by Movement Strength. My name is Isaac, and today I'm actually joined by the lovely Luke Amaral and one of Luke's amazing clients, Chris. Chris, thanks for hopping on. Good to be here. Luke, thanks for, uh, thanks for being you, man. <laughs> Always a pleasure to be myself, <laughs> you know, Isaac? Yeah, if you guys just hear this loud breathing, that is, <laughs> that is going to be Luke. That's how he's going to be contributing to this podcast today. Uh, but the reason that we wanted to hop on with Chris is uh, we feel anyways that Chris's story is, is really interesting to us. And the way I wanted to start this off, my friend, is just asking you, how did you hear about movement strength? And if you don't remember, what do you think your first experience was at the gym? Because I remember. Yeah. Well, the way I remember it, uh, I, I live close by. I live practically across the street. And I think it was driving by or walking by and I saw that it was... It was just a gym. Yeah. Uh, and I can't remember if I'd heard that, that you were doing some CrossFit type stuff and I was into CrossFit at the time. I'd been at that point doing CrossFit in my garage for a while. Yep. Uh, but with no formal coaching or anything like that. And, uh, and I think I just walked in, found, I think you were the first person I saw. Yep. And essentially said, hey, I heard you do kind of CrossFit stuff. Uh, and I, uh, I think what had brought me in was, uh, you know, I've been doing, um, you know, workouts in the summer, you know, in the laneway out behind my house and that sort of thing and doing, um, I think I was doing one of the, you know, online, you pay X a month yeah. and, and, you know, it's not remote coaching or yeah. anything, but you're doing comp a, water, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It gets a standard, uh, I think it was doing masters. Yeah. Everybody gets a standard, uh, template and any of the high volume stuff, everything just hurt all the time you know lower back hurt yeah. knees hurt and at that point i think i was 39 so you know i expected that but mm -hmm. but still it was just everything would seize up and i thought i must just be doing things systemically wrong uh and and i want to get better at it and so i think that's essentially what i said to you i think yeah. i want uh, yes like i said i want to do snatches and not have them hurt anymore yeah yeah uh, i want to be able to do double unders that was a big one. Oh yeah 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 <laughs> and you're like uh yeah, I got the guy for you. And it just kind of went from there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember you came in and um, very similar story. Uh, but I remember one of the first things you said is like you try, you go to like a bunch of different CrossFit gyms in, in London. And so you're like, I just, you know, I'm not really looking for a membership. I'm more just like looking for a punch pass. Like, do you guys do something like a punch pass system? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, yeah, man, I'll get, uh, I'll get one of our, our coaches, Luke, to reach out to you and, and we'll hook you yeah. up. And then... The next thing I know, you go from like coming every once in a while to like one day Luke's like, yeah, I'm working with Chris. I'm like, what? You're working? Like, I thought, is he doing a punch pass spill? Like, what happened? Do you, do you remember how like you actually started to work with Luke? Did he approach you? Did you approach him? Luke, do you know? Do you I remember. remember. I remember. Yeah. So I was in the front one day and Chris wandered in and this was after the punch pass. And I, don't I, know. I still think you have some punch pass left, Chris. Yeah. Just because, yeah. so <laughs> like, like to, to, to rewind, I mean, what it, what was happening was um, I would kind of every once in a while pop into a gym. I don't want to, you know, give the impression that I'm a serial guy. That yeah, goes, no, you know, no, shops no, no, around no. different CrossFit gyms. Yeah. I've got friends at a few different gyms, and so for the open and things like that, I, right. I, would, I would go into a box and I knew everybody there. Uh, but I wouldn't sort of go in for classes because I, I had my garage and, mm -hmm. and you know, it's, 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 it's well stocked. Uh, but then, um, you know, I, I, I missed 
kind of the competitive aspect of doing it in a class environment. And yeah, so punch passes were the way to go, right? So some days I would drop my kid off at cheerleading up in the Northwest end and I'd pop over to, to a gym that was over there. And mm-hmm. so, so I had punch passes at a whole, I think I have punch passes at other gyms too, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, then Luke, please continue. So it was the same thing that you guys just talked about, which is when you came in, you were like, man, I, I hurt everywhere when I snatch mm-hmm. and specifically it was your yeah. back and it was your knees. Yeah. So like, I'm just looking for a little bit more guidance. And so I think we just started off by doing two personal training sessions. I was like, all right, well, why don't we do an assessment? We'll take a look at, you know, what's going on, your movement patterns, any deficiencies that you might have. And then we'll do a session a follow-up session to that, um, addressing those things. And then it obviously grew from there because I think the next step was we started with remote coaching um, as opposed to doing comp wad because I was aware that you were doing yep. that. It was just a more specific address now that we had those target issues and uh, and what we needed to accomplish. And we knew that comp wad wasn't going wasn't gonna to address them in the right way. Yeah, and I, I remember we, we kind of stepped it up that notch. It was... I think we started like July 1st, a year and a half ago. Yeah, that's right. Because it was right before uh, Beach Brawl uh, mm. was, uh, you know, a buddy of mine uh, and uh, and I tend to do that competition every summer just for fun and yeah. see how it goes. But it ended up being a pretty good benchmark of, you know, how's my body doing yeah. year over year, that in the open. Yeah. And, uh, and I remember we started you know, essentially, so we would start right after that happened. Yeah. And, and could use that as a springboard. And how long did you guys do remote program programming together then? We did remote, co- well, it was probably for about a year. Yeah. And so for the first year, when we say like remote programming, it yeah. was essentially that I was mostly writing your program on a, on a week to week basis. We were progressing based on how you were feeling, planning for whatever events that you had going on. Um, at that time we weren't doing, uh, the accountability component that we have in place now, which is, you know, every four weeks jumping on a 30 minute call, doing in body scans, working nutrition. So it was more so just programming. Yeah. Yeah. I I think we didn't kind of ramp up to that level. I mean, that's comparatively recent. That was maybe after the open, after the open. Yeah. Yeah. So four months ago. Yeah. Yeah, I want to. I want to. Yeah, around there, September, maybe just before. Yeah, just before the open. So the so the year that you guys were working remotely, did you notice a big difference in your fitness, overall physique, nutrition, things like that, from July to before you started to come in the gym more frequently and actually like focus on the accountability bit? Yeah, Luke and I kind of at the outset, Luke identified that you know, for a lot of the movement pattern stuff, like, you know, shoulders hurting, knees hurting, back hurting, there was kind of like fundamental strength issues mm-hmm. that were involved. You know, I, I, I looked fit enough, but, uh, you know, stabilizing muscles and just, you know, things have been, <laughs> I've been doing things improperly for yeah. so long, yeah. as happens when you're coaching yourself in your garage. For sure. That, um, <clears throat> that, I think we were all on the same page that a really slow and methodical building approach was better. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when I looked at one year over the other, I knew, you know, we were using the open uh, and the sort of fitness tests that are in that as a, as a benchmark to see, okay, well, you know, it's different stuff you're doing. Yeah. uh, But, but are you able to do more than you did last year? Mm Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and we were certainly seeing that for sure. And I was noticing that just the kind of standard aches and pains that I would get walking up the stairs, walking down the stairs were, were gradually becoming less and less and then eventually going away. That's awesome. But it's not like I weighed less. I mean, I probably did because I was probably putting on muscle and yeah. And but you know, if I hopped on the scale, it's not like my number was different. Yeah. Um, nutrition, we didn't really do too much on that wasn't a focus. Yep. Um, I so I'm a type one diabetic. Mm-hmm. I'm saying this like you don't know this, but <laughs> oh, you are. Yeah, yeah. Surprise. <laughs> uh, and and so I'm pretty plugged in on what's going in. Yeah. Uh, so I you have I, to be. Yeah. So I, I track carbs, yep. and then with that, I sort of like overall track macros um and so you know i use a one of the fitness apps to Mm -hmm. to to look at all that um and so my caloric intake were pretty steady Mm -hmm. uh but it's not like it was good uh you know so there was you know a fair amount of you know going out for lunch and you know okay yay lunch was you know uh below x calorie count yeah but it's all fries yeah (laughs) And, uh, and, you know, beers and yeah. you know, all sorts of yeah. so So the number may have been fine, but it was gross. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, uh, and so from the nutrition, and there, you know, we weren't doing anything um, that I remember. No. Hopefully maybe. Luke's not going to be like, I was coaching no, you no, the no. entire time. It, honestly, this is, this is why, <laughs> like, why I like your journey so much is because you've almost tried three or four different services that we offer. Right, yeah. Like you came in and, you know, you got... You got a punch pass just to experience and be a part of the community a little bit more. Um, and then you wanted to add some more consistency, so you did more of a personalized program with Luke, which, you know, I think we can agree. You saw some decent fitness increases if oh, you're absolutely. using yeah. the open as a benchmark. But what is really cool is if we focus on this year after the open, we do really started to utilize like kind of our maximum service, that being like the fitness component as well as the nutrition component and like the accountability of coming into the gym, like the results have been pretty, Oh, the last three months have been insane. They've been so cool for us to see. Like every time I see you just today, you were doing sprints and I'm like, man, that guy's back is huge. Like he's so jacked. It, I don't see it very often. So yeah. Well, nice. I'll take pictures. I'll show, I'll show you. I have many of them, but that's, that, it's, it's really cool to see like, yes, fitness is important, but like, Nutrition is, that's the keys to the castle. Yeah. And that's really the, you know, Luke kind of came in and, and we sat down when we said, okay, you know, are we going to take this up or not? Are we going to look at some supplements? Yeah. Are we going to look at, um, uh, you know, some, uh, some hypertrophy training and, 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 you know, putting on some muscle, but also really dialing in the nutrition and said, you know, yeah, it makes total sense. And then you know, rather than working out in, in my garage, which I still do, and mm-hmm. I, I still love it, you know, it's great. Um, but two things were happening. One was, and, and this is just kind of lucky, one was the uh, the weights that I was getting to, I don't own. Oh, wow. Okay. Right? Yeah. And, and so, you know, Luke and I were doing a lot of, you know, to, you know, hopefully I, I'm not going to butcher this because Luke's the one that knows why he's programming this stuff but you know we're doing barbell stuff we're doing a ton of dumbbell stuff have been for for, for yeah. you know years yeah. uh, and Luke's and, favorite yeah well and it was great right because a lot of the places where I was super weak mm-hmm. was in uh, you know not just lifting heavy weight but also being able to support it and move it appropriately mm-hmm. and so it makes total sense that you're going to use a dumbbell 
Uh, and, uh, and so I remember sending Luke a message one day when I'm looking at his programming and I'm like, buddy, I either need to start coming into the gym <laughs> or buying like 60, 70 and 80 pound dumbbells. And yeah. that gets expensive really quickly. Yeah. So I was like, Oh, well, just, you know, here, here, here's the program we can do where you're coming into the gym. Yeah. Uh, and then that combined with the type of programming that, that we've been doing for the past three months, uh, I, I don't think there's any way to beat around the bush. It takes a while. Yeah. Uh, and like longer than 20 minutes, like longer than 20. Minutes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so r- realistically, I, I tended to always work out at night. Yeah. Uh, so I, you know, put in the day at work, uh, and then, you know, come in and get out to the gym, probably seven thirty, eight o'clock. I remember getting calls from you and be like, uh, you guys open till eight thirty, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah. Chris. I'm going to come by. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it just, if you're going to do, you know, an hour and a half, it's, yeah. it's, it's just, it's not really realistic, particularly when it gets cold. Yeah. Uh, and, and you know the motivation there is just going to fall apart. So instead, for the past sort of two months, I flipped into an early morning routine, and I love it. It's great. You know, get here by you know five thirty, six o'clock, grind out a workout, done by seven thirty or eight, and then you're at work and you feel absolutely fantastic. So now all of a sudden, doing you know uh, a lot of intense programming, whole new routine where you're doing it in the morning, uh, and then at the same time you know, working with Luke really dialed in uh, sort of fundamental components of the nutrition, yeah. uh, which when all of a sudden you're uh, doing a massive amount of work, uh, you're going to see, you're going to initially see results. I mean, yeah. I, I, like I just think you are, but the way uh, my motivation works anyways, is if I know that I'm making sacrifices to see gains mm-hmm. and then I see those, I'm not going to undermine them yeah. by sort of deviating from the plan. Yep. I mean, Luke and I have talked a lot and, and my attitude tends to be, you know, uh, you know, Luke's always like, oh, well, you're the one doing the work. Well, you know, I'm just kind of playing the instrument, but he's the one writing the music and sort yeah. of conducting everything. Yeah. And so if there's a plan, I'm going to follow it. I'm not necessarily going to, I'm curious to know what the plan is. Well, I mean, you're like, you're like, you're like Luke Skywalker and, and, and uh, Luke is like Yoda. He's <laughs> just you guiding go. you along yeah. this crazy journey yeah. called life. You're going to run with that, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Luke oh, loves yeah. this. He's just sitting there quietly. Yeah, exactly. I was referred to as Yoda. Let's go. <laughs> that's, that's it. That's it. Um, but no, I didn't even... Actually, I totally forgot that you usually come in at night and now you come in in the morning. Yeah. I know you touched upon it, but do you actually notice that it makes a difference, you know, like how productive you are in the day? 100%. Yeah. 100%. Hmm. I, uh, um, you know, I'd wake up, I'd put in the work day, and then... You know, I'll be honest, getting out and, and working at night was a bit of a grind. Yeah. And then and then getting to sleep wasn't always the easiest because you're kind of amped up. You're ready to go. Yeah. Um, whereas uh, now, you know, I'm in bed by nine, ten o'clock at night, mm-hmm. but I'm up at five. Uh, and uh, and if it turns out the workout's a shorter one, you know what? I'm going to put in a bit of work before I actually yeah. go into the office, go into the office a little earlier. Mm-hmm. And it's great. And by the time I get home... Um, I know I'm going to bed at nine or 10. Yeah. And so there's not kind of the, Oh, I've got this work. I'm going to do when I get, no, I'm not, I'll do it tomorrow morning. Yeah. Uh, and so that's great. There's a whole lot of angst that's just kind of taken off. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's really cool. So Luke, when we think of Chris making the transition from remote to actually coming in and focusing more on nutrition, um, where did you sort of start with him? Like when he made the transition to actually come to the gym, what was like, okay, Chris, this is the plan. This is what we're going to focus on. Yeah, so I think I've been thinking about this, and Chris and I were talking about this last night. 
which is almost the start of his whole evolution. So we started remote programming. We sat down and we had an initial consultation and I shared the results of that initial consultation with Chris last night. And so what's really cool is while we were working the remote programming, there was a lot of lifestyle development that was happening. And I don't think much of it changed until more recently, but when Chris talks about going to sleep at nine or 10 and, and uh, you know, he talked about used to having lunch and alcohol, whether it's like the daily beer or the, the casual beer, uh, that stuff started to shift mm-hmm. closer when we started to work in person. And so it's cool because you had that lifestyle foundation and I think it really aided your success over the past three or four months. Mm-hmm. But let's just say for sake of argument, we started in September. Um, so I know that was kind of going into the open. So we were just a little bit more mindful of when you're going through the open. But a big thing that we wanted to do is we wanted to have a major shift because for, let's say, four months prior to the open, we were obviously gearing Chris's programming towards the open, right? So he was doing more dynamic expressions, so getting into things like kipping. In a lot of ways, though, we did stay steadfast on a lot of things to ensure that your knees and your back and your shoulders were healthy going into the open. Um, But this major shift was moving away from the high-skilled elements, um, the the really, really intense, dense anaerobic training, um, and it was shifting our mindset to, hey, let's just build a really good foundation. Let's switch to more hypertrophy-based training, and let's focus on nutrition because it's something that we had talked about in the past And I think one of the topics that we were exploring is, well, if you're 225 pounds and you want to excel at the the sport of fitness, um, what what are kipping pull-ups going to be like if you're 200 pounds? What are handstand Mm -hmm. push-ups going to be like? What are toe-to-bar going to be like? What's it going to be like to run? Uh, And so that, I think, was one of the prime movers for us to start focusing on nutrition. Um, So we, you know, did an in-body scan, saw that we can make X X results and X changes. and then we we started we started to approach nutrition, and it, it was a slower progression, right? Like at first it was just, hey, we want you to you know we want you to eat off of a food list. Um, we want you to start eliminating a good amount of a uh, good amount of the foods that are going to be I won't say toxic to you, super high sugar foods, fast foods, those kinds of things. Just being more mindful yeah, on just that. Inflammatory foods in general. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then over time we progressed it. Now, when we started this, what's interesting, and Chris has already alluded to this is because he's a type one diabetic, he's so switched on to what's already going into his body. Yeah. So as we're going through this, although I'm giving him kind of baby steps in the progressions, he's actually tracking and probably weighing his food. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I was going to say, cause I remember Luke always says this. He's like, man, Chris is the easiest client, especially when it comes <laughs> with nutrition. Like he's just so strict on himself. He does everything he needs to do. Yeah. So that's good. That's really well, I, I said to I said to Luke. Um, I mean, one of the things is I like the fact that, um, like, I find weighing food uh, is actually makes my life easier. Yeah. Uh, because it's and this sounds strange. It's one less thing to think about. Yep. And so when Luke and I started talking about nutrition, I, I think I said, you know, something to the effect of, you know, okay, so, you know, I'm going out and I'm trying to make not the worst choices when I eat at restaurants and things like that. But really, you know, what I, what I wanted was the tools mm-hmm. to be able to, you know, make good meals at home and have it be sustainable. Yeah. Right. Where, you know, I'm not coming home, nothing's prepared and I'm just going to make, you know, something terrible for yeah. myself just because it's fair. 
Uh, and, and those are really the tools that by sort of taking that incremental step, okay, well, you know, here's the limited food list. Uh, here's the sort of proportion sizes that we're looking at. That's exactly what you need to the point now where I said to Luca, you know, I almost don't want to say it because it sounds terrifying, but you know, what I'll do is before I go to bed at night, I'll sit down and I'll map out exactly what I'm going to eat the next day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's great. You know, down, down to the gram. Yeah. But it's not difficult yeah. because I've got kind of a set roster of the things I like to eat yeah. that are easy to take to work and, and prepare ahead and all that jazz. Um, but the amazing thing is when I get up at 5 a.m. the next morning, I'm not thinking about any of that. Yeah. You know, yeah. what's for breakfast? Oh, it's right there. I just put all these things together, you know, make it, eat it. Uh, and when it's one less thing to, to think about, it just opens up so much free space in your mind. It's fantastic. Oh, sure. It's so good. That's really cool. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah. What... Um, so I know like initially CrossFit, the sport of fitness was a big focus of yours. And when I say focus, it was more just like you enjoyed doing it. It was yeah. fun. Um, do you find yourself making a shift away from that? Or is that still a passion of yours long-term? Because yeah. right now you are doing more like hypertrophy training with Luke, not yeah. so much, you know, cycling barbells and doing kipping pull-ups and handstand push-ups. Yeah. I mean, if, um, if we sort of digress for a minute into, into, you know, what that was going on, I was never really a sports guy. Yeah. Uh, uh, in high school, I did uh, junior football. Never did senior because I got into student council stuff and all that, mm -hmm. you know, talky stuff. Uh, <laughs> you know, I played around with wrestling and that sort of thing. But you know, fitness was just not something I was particularly good at or, or frankly interested in. Yeah. Uh, and then um, university, didn't touch it with a 10-foot pole and put on a lot of weight. I mean, I went into university probably, I don't know, you know, 190 pounds. And I came out about 300 Oh, wow. Uh, and uh, so that was great. And then <laughs> uh, and then I uh, moved to Edmonton to do grad work, uh, to do a master's. Uh, and um, knew that I wanted to make a change mm -hmm. uh, and also had an inkling that making a change was going to be a lot easier when my environment's totally different. Mm -hmm. So I'm living by myself. I don't know anybody there. And I'm going to be there for a couple of years. And so I got in a routine of, of uh, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Friday, you know, back, tries, blah, blah, blah. You know, mm -hmm. just using some of the coaching that's yep. available through the university. Yep. Uh, and then really intense, you know, sprint work and interval training uh, on uh, on the other days. And then, you know, long 5, 10K runs and then one rest day. Yeah. And then over the course of a year, lost shockingly 100 pounds, which yeah. probably won't huh. surprise anyone. Um. A and year? Sorry, a year, you said? Yeah. 100 pounds a year. Yeah. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and I mean, to be th that thing, I don't want, want it to seem like I went from, you know, hey, I'm a 300-pound guy and just walked into a gym and said, let's get rid of this. Yeah. Because no, like no, mentally no. it wasn't. It was, um, it, it was actually funny. I didn't have cable. And the only place there was cable in my apartment building was this crappy gym in the yeah. basement of the apartment uh, building. There you go. And so I would I would walk yeah. at like 2.5 or 3 miles an hour on the treadmill yeah. and watch The Simpsons. And they had like a, like a you know, one of those, you know, boat flex yeah. kind yeah, of, yeah, yeah. you know, you know all-in-one machines. And there was like a chart on the wall yeah. of here's the back day. I was like, hmm, we'll do the back day. And so, so I'm kind of sitting there by myself. Yeah. Uh, and then I would cool down by watching the news and I've been in there for an hour and a half, yeah. but I'm getting my TV. So that's like the equivalent of the millennials being without Wi-Fi. It's like the only place that has yeah, Wi-Fi yeah. is, is good life. So there you got to yeah. make sure you go. That's it. 
And so that was like a few months. And then yeah. eventually I ended up, you know, running on the treadmill and then eventually, you know, graduating to the other stuff. Then when I came back uh, and lived in Toronto for a year with my, with my then fiance, um, there was a good life across the street. And so I got into it there and then eventually ended up working as a trainer there. Yeah. Uh, I didn't and, know and that. Yeah, I was. I didn't a, know a, that either. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I was the, I was, a, I was a trainer and a sales guy. And then failed upward to become the assistant general manager. Of the <laughs> failed upward. <laughs> uh, and then was that for a year. Okay. Uh, and was doing things like adventure races. Yeah. So, uh, you know, like the 10-hour jobs where you're doing, yeah. you know, trail running and mountain biking. And canoeing. Man, I don't even know you. Yeah, there you go. Gosh. And so there was a couple of years where that was. So you'd come in and I'm doing, you know, one of their spin classes. And then I'd immediately hop onto a treadmill with a 50-pound backpack for an hour. Yeah, okay. Uh, and then the fitness manager's husband uh, was like, you should try this CrossFit thing. And what year was this? 2005. Oh, wow. So 2006. Pretty, pretty soon on. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Uh, and, um, and I'm like, yeah, it seems kind of interesting. So and at that point, you just kind of went to the website. And, yeah. And, you know, took some... Oh, the website looked great back then. Too. Oh, yeah. It was amazing. <laughs> Uh, and so I'm here doing CrossFit in the middle of a, uh, of a good life. And mm -hmm. at that point they didn't know enough to kick you out, Yeah, which was great. Uh, and then just kind of lazily was doing CrossFit for a while. Yeah. And I love the fact there was kind of two things. One, I love the fact that comparatively speaking, um, the workouts were, were short. Yeah. It was quick. Know, you know, 10, 20 minutes. Uh, but, uh, as well, um, working as a trainer in a globo gym, um, we always wanted the clients who want to run with a parachute attached to their back, yeah. you know, absolutely <laughs> insane things. Right. Yeah. 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 So I remember saying to one of the other trainers, Hey, I'm into the CrossFit stuff cause it seems kind of functional. Mm -hmm. Uh, can you put together a workout plan for me that involves this functional stuff, but not this CrossFit, I don't even yeah. know this CrossFit thing. Uh, I, I think the markers we were using were, I just wanted to be able to do like the top five things that action heroes do. I want oh, to be able yeah. to theoretically <laughs> hang off the skid of a helicopter. Yeah. I want to be able to scale a fence. Uh -huh. like, yeah, jump yeah. from a yeah. makes complete sense uh but again this is like 15 years ago. yeah uh but that's how i got into crossfit and then the crossfit thing just kind of kept going but never at any point in my relationship with it with crossfit that i ever consistently go yeah to, to a crossfit gym gotcha uh so that's kind of this is the longest answer no no no, no no please this is good but that's that my relationship with crossfit is i i dig the intensity yeah I kind of dig the training methodology, yep. uh, and I dig the competitive aspect of it. Yeah, uh, and it's fun to watch on TV. You know, that, that that's essentially my relationship with it. Yeah. So do you do you like? Are you fine with the type of training that you're doing with Luke right now? Oh, or yeah. do you do you like? Is this is that type of training? Is it something you feel like you can do long term? Uh, like just hypertrophy training? Yeah. Probably not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I. I think I looked at it as a a means to build the strength necessary yeah. to do the type of things that I enjoy doing. Yeah. You know, I like handstand pushups. Yeah. Now that I can do one of them. Yeah. You know, I I I like the structure of the CrossFit workouts because I'm one of those weird people who enjoys the fact that I feel nauseous after I'm done really yeah. pushing myself. Yeah. Uh, and so, frankly, you point me at another workout methodology that does that too I'll we'll try it yeah you know, that's fun yeah see I, I, I love that because it, too too many times um, 
and this is I think Luke and I can agree on this where we sometimes will struggle with with some CrossFit gyms where individuals will go in and they'll learn how to do kipping handstand push-ups or kipping pull-ups right away whereas like you have the wherewithal that you know what maybe I need to build strength in other areas strictly and then I could earn the right to kip and, and do that yeah totally that's really cool yeah. so Luke when we think of like Chris's next phase I feel like you knew this was coming. Hopefully, Yoda. Yoda's just perched in the corner, sitting there, hovering. Skiing. My legs crossed. Well, no, I was actually going to say to Chris, like, "Oh, surprise! You don't want to do hypertrophy training? That's just what we had planned for the next two years." Oh man, no, it's funny. It's funny that you asked that question because Chris and I just sat down this morning. We did his in body, and then uh, we basically spent about forty-five minutes mapping out what the next year looks like. Oh. Yeah, so yeah. I did. I didn't know that. There you go. Actually, okay. So cool. yeah, no. So he's finishing up his hypertrophy phase, which, with the intention of just building really good strength and adding some some lean muscle mass, um, and just making sure that we bulletproof his body. Yeah. Going into the next nine months of training, because they'll be pretty rigorous. So we'll do a deload, and then uh, Chris has a couple of like bigger events that are coming up. So he's going to be doing Festivus in April. Yeah. And then uh, Bacon. Bacon Hill? Bacon Fit? Bacon Fit. Bacon, Bacon Hill. Hill. <laughs> Bacon Fit in July, and then the okay. Open will, will be in October. Yeah. So that's kind of what we use to map out his um, his 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 season seasonal progression. So he'll basically, after his deload that's going to happen next week, he's going to do a week of testing. Um, and so that testing week is actually going to represent what he's going to be doing at Festivus because we already know what those workouts are. Gotcha. And uh, what I really liked about those workouts as we went through them today is that they're very good general uh, mm -hmm. workouts. There's nothing insane from a skill perspective. Yeah. There's so no, I like, felt that there's no muscle ups or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, Okay, that's good. Exactly. I felt that they were really good tests nice. that we could use, especially following this phase where we haven't done a bunch of high level skills. Yeah. So that will just give us a really good idea of where Chris is at. And then we'll spend we'll spend about I think it was eight to 12 weeks, whatever it might be to get us to Festivus, basically doing, getting back into tough aerobic progressions and just getting back into strength. And so one of our big skill focuses is going to be double unders. So what's really cool is that when we started- It's a kryptonite. Yeah. Yeah. It is <laughs> uh -huh. a kryptonite for sure. It's something that we've been working on for quite a while. But what's cool now is that over the course of this three months, Chris has gone from 225 to 199. So essentially, he's rebuilt his body as a different body. Yeah. And in this hypertrophy progression, we've also done a lot of shoulder strengthening and a lot of calf progressions and yeah. strengthening. So in theory, the double unders, especially now that he's had this mental yeah. break of three months, yeah. uh, are going to come very nicely. He's probably just going to start doing triples. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Just that's, skip that's doubles the goal. altogether. That's the goal. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah, so double unders will be a big focus for us um, in terms of bringing skills back in. But... Listen, although he's going to Festivus, we already know that it's it's uh, it's lower skill. So we're not all of a sudden going to throw in kipping handstand push-ups, yeah, yeah, yeah. kipping muscle-ups, kipping toe-to-bar, because the, the, the expression that's required is not until the open. So yeah. doing them now doesn't really necessarily make sense for us, um, especially with the kind of training that we'll be doing. Yeah. So this is where we'll start to in integrate strict handstand push-ups, strict variations of skills, building cool. really, really good strength. And then what's cool is when we do Festivus, that's going to be his retest. We're going to see um, how he's improved over the course of the 12 weeks of the testing week that we're going to do in a couple. And when uh, was Festivus, sorry? April 11th. April. And the 18th. workouts April are released already? Yeah, that's right. Oh, that's cool. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, that's really Good. cool. Yeah, they're very well balanced. Will nutrition change at all? 
Like, are we gonna? Yeah, no, that's a good calories? question. That's a really good question because I, I also am curious. <laughs> oh, sorry, we don't need to. I don't want to spoil it. No, no, that's fine. So we'll pause at Festivus and we'll go back to nutrition. So. The progression of his nutrition, because I didn't finish that, was foodless. We went into weighing, uh, or we kind of skipped weighing because he's already doing it. Uh, we went into plate breakdowns. Then we went into tracking on MyFitPal. And by that, I, meant, I mean that he started sending me his data. Yeah. I got an average of what his deficit was because he was at quite a deficit. Um, hence the 25 pounds lost in yeah. 12 weeks. Probably not the healthiest deficit. But yeah. like, like Luke didn't say, here's what I want your caloric deficit to be. Mm-hmm. It was like I, w- I was pegging that. I remember talking probably to Luke. Probably wasn't ab- great. I remember talking to Luke about this, and he's like, he's like, Chris is really low. I'm telling Chris that he should probably go higher, but Chris is saying he feels good, so I'm going to trust that he knows his body, yeah. right? So, Well, that's the biggest thing because, you know, you mentioned not the healthiest deficit, but at the end of the day, when we look at it, that's right. um, it's not like you were eating 500 calories. I think your deficit was probably like 13, yep. 14. Um, or I should say your total caloric intake was 13, 14. Yeah. Yeah. So about your deficit was about that as well. (laughs) So, but what, but what happened was he was feeling really good. Um, he was maintaining his, his days. He had good energy throughout. You had a good control on your, on your blood sugars. As Mm -hmm. far as I I know, say your insulin levels were fine throughout. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, his numbers were increasing. And so you have to understand too, that we were doing hypertrophy training. There was a little bit of aerobic components in there, but we weren't diving into deep, deep anaerobic work. Yeah. And so it was a more appropriate time to be at a deficit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but then there was a time where I feel like you were like, yeah, I'm getting hungry. Yeah. And it was, it was almost like a switch. It was, yeah. about, it was about halfway through it. All of a sudden, you know, the caloric number that I'd been at the whole time just was not enough. The body fat available obviously was reducing, right? Oh, like he sure. was using body fat as, uh, as energy, as an energy source quite, quite a bit. Um, so then what we did was we took an average of where he was at. We bumped him up based upon that. Um, and we were very aware of what his BMR was and what he was basically burning in a day. He's so still we were going to be in a deficit if you upped him by like 200 or 300 anyway. Exactly. Yeah. So he, he's still running a deficit, but what we're doing now is a recovery phase. So essentially what we've been doing is um, I've given him a specific macro breakdown. So he maintains uh, basically a gram of protein per lean body mass, which for you is about 175, I think. Yeah. 175 grams of protein yep. per day, probably more like 190 on a daily basis. So I think it's what you're taking. Yeah, in. right now I think it's like 190, 200. So enough to maintain his lean muscle mass, especially because we're doing hypertrophy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just slowly we've been increasing his his fat intake on a lower level and his carbohydrate intake as we've gone through. And so basically we're adding about 200 calories per week now. Um, and we're going to get to a point where we get to him to a maintenance spot. And so we know that his BMR is about 2,100 cals. So what's going to happen is on his off days, he's going to require his BMR plus uh, the low level activity that you would run. So maybe he's going to need an extra three or 400 calories depending on how active he is. So that will be his maintenance number on those days. So we'll work back to that. And then his maintenance number on his workout days is going to be, of course, calories burned based on what he's doing in his training. So there, we're just going to start fueling a little bit more carbohydrate based around his training. And of course, making sure that he keeps his protein up. Um, but basically returning to maintenance on both training and and rest days. And we can do this and kind of continue to do this because of Chris's situation. He has type one, so it's gonna be something that he's always going to do, right? So we're not sitting here saying, hey, you know, to be successful, you're always going to need to track. Obviously there's an intuitive awareness that we're trying to develop with something like this, but because Chris is so dialed in and he's doing this on a nightly basis and 
for him, it's easier. Um, we'll always have those numbers and those macros that he can attain yeah. um, as we go through. I should say, I think it's important that, you know, I worry about the this idea coming out that, um, you know, I, I'm just sort of religiously tracking absolutely yeah. everything all yep. the time and there's no fun. You know, my girlfriend and I get together, Luke knows this, every Monday night and watch The Bachelor and we're having a couple of glasses <laughs> of wine. Because you can't watch it and not do no, that. Of course, of course. Um, but uh, but I, I, I guess I've, I've developed the, you know, that, that's not, it's not going to fly off the rails. Yeah, If you know right. that that's happening. You've built the healthy habits. Exactly. 100%. Um, so, so, you know, I, I think Luke might cuff me on the back of that. He won't. Uh, but but you know you know that's you know I think next Friday you know we're you know heading off to a Leafs game yeah and uh, and you know we'll go out for dinner and have a good dinner have and, a thirty dollar beer there not, not a fr- it is it is yeah, it's so expensive it's ridiculous um, but you know I'm not no one's afraid of that yeah right so. no and and thank you for bringing that up because that's important to know like we don't want to put people on a plan where like they can't enjoy life because right. as you mentioned that's not sustainable. There are going to be times where you're going to want to have a glass of wine while you're watching The Bachelor or have an overpriced beer when you're watching the Leafs game. It's just important things. Or like the Super Bowls this Sunday. Yeah. I didn't realize until someone just texted me. But regardless, <laughs> that like there's some stuff that might happen at a Super Bowl party, right? Um, I was going to say something that totally slipped my mind. Ah, got it. Okay. So did you guys take pictures today? Yeah. We did. We did. Yeah. So, Chris, we were going to do this before, but we wanted to get, like, live action. <laughs> oh, jeez. Live reactions. I got your pictures here. Oh, my. They're so good. You want to see them? Visual stuff on podcasts is the best. I know. We have to explain. We have to explain everything that you see. Uh, <laughs> so, Chris, that's, that is... That's crazy. So I that's know. April 2019 compared to uh, today, obviously. So, January 2020. So just just How while months is that? while Chris is doing the math in his head, um, so for all of our clients and even you know group members as well, we do uh, photos of them with like front, side, and back, um, and then you know sporadically throughout the year, or if they're individual design clients, we actually have meetings where we'll redo some pictures. So um, this is what three months? No, no, no. This is nine months. We'll oh, say okay, eight, yeah, yeah, eight yeah. To nine months. Uh, the one I was telling. Chris, the one I was telling, uh, what's your name? Luke. That was most impressive. Yoda, actually. Yoda. Is that bottom that bottom picture? Yeah, that's crazy. Man, remember I always said your back is jacked? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your that's... back is jacked. I, I had no idea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you see yourself every day, right? So you don't necessarily see the changes. And yeah. and you know what? I, I mean, I think that you, again, we've talked about this. You've made some amazing progressions just over the course of the year and a half before we implemented the nutrition uh, I think if we, though, looked at your photo, let's say four months ago, it'd, it'd be pretty similar. Because, and that's the thing yeah, that we four found months with... to wait. Do you mean four months to his now? Yeah. So, like, if we took, like, a before photo four months ago versus this one's nine months ago. Yeah. Your nine-month and four-month photo, um, as in nine months out and four months ago out... Are similar. Um, very similar. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Which yeah. is kind of what we talked about, right? I agree. We don't necessarily... And we see this with everyone, not just Chris. No. When we don't intervene from a nutrition coaching or lifestyle coaching perspective, we don't address the real issues when it comes to like changes in body composition. Yeah. Um, so generally, that's like linked to health, but also overall performance and fitness and, and all the other increases that you've seen. Overall, even just buy-in and, rec- really and cool. recovery, yeah, no, right? And like, po- like posture's different. Yeah, man. And- yeah, the, just like 
the structure and shape is different. You're back. I, like you're back yeah, in that nuts. bottom picture. <laughs> Honestly, it's crazy. Yeah, you it's also really cool. got a tan. That's crazy. You, you've, been, you've been going yeah, tan. Have you been going yeah, yeah. lately? We were wondering about that. <laughs> and that first picture was taken in the summer, I think. Yeah, so I don't yeah. even understand what was happening. Actually, I think that, no, that was April. So that was coming out of oh, the, yeah. the oh, winter okay, season. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love... Uh, Luke, we won't have to, we don't have to talk about what it is on here, but that top that top left picture. Oh yeah, <laughs> I don't know what was going on there. I don't, I don't know. There's a big star before. <laughs> you guys could use your imaginations. Uh, we don't do yeah. Never mind. Anyways, um, okay, almost done here. You actually made a comment right before we started um, about your I think was it your heart rate and something else when you were doing sprints. You compared that to the last time oh, you were doing yeah. them. What yeah. was what was that? Well, so uh, one of the cool thing, there was a couple of things that I was talking with Luke about today. Is one just two days ago, uh, I uh, I just all of a sudden realized that my resting heart rate, which is not something I pay attention to. Sure, is this uh, according to the Apple Watch? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Um, it had you know doing the odd breathe thing uh, every once in a while. Um, a few months ago, it was probably mid seventies. Yep. Uh, high sixties would be like, I was amazingly rested sort of waking up. Yeah. Uh, and just the other day I was sitting there with my daughter on the couch. We we're just watching TV and did it. It's 52. Oh my gosh. I know. Wow. <laughs> and so I thought, what? And so I went into the health app and kind of saw, you know, yeah. what, what, what it, yeah, no, it tends to hover around sort of 48, wow. 52 these days, which, Compared is, to... which is crazy. Compared to two, three months ago. Yeah. Wow. Um, And so we're talking with Luke and, you know, yeah, you're doing hypertrophy stuff. So you're doing, you know, what what I would usually consider to be, you know, your standard kind of bodybuilding in the gym, loud grunting stuff. Yeah. Uh, But your heart rate's like 120 the entire time. So you're effectively doing, you know, a medium walk on the treadmill for an hour and a half. Yeah. You know, every day. With heavy weight. Yeah, exactly. Uh, So that was really, really cool. And then as well, um, you know, running is never something that I've been good at, except for 15 years ago when I was doing it every day, right? Uh, And so one of the things that Luke has in his programming right now is once a week, the most fun day of the week, (laughs) you end your leg day with, you know, 10 interval sprints for 30 seconds as fast as you can with a minute of rest. Oh, okay. That seems fun. That's great. That makes sense. Uh, And... uh, and so again, I'm wearing the Apple Watch, so you can kind of see what the heart rate specs are. Yep. And the first time I did it, uh, I noticed that I was really happy with the fact that yeah, the heart rate would spike up, it would kind of come back down again, spike up, and it was pretty consistent across yep. the board. But sure enough, if you look at the past, just the past four weeks, you can see, you know, the 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 recovery is incrementally getting better every week. That's cool. And, you know, where my height rate was spiking at, let's say, 183 or 184, you know, now it's spiking at 176, 177. Yeah. Um, just after four weeks of doing it. And so it was, it was more just being, you know, yay, it's working. You know, yeah. Who would have thought yeah, that fitness. exercise Ooh. can make you fitter? Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, but, but also uh, just, the, um, just the speed at which the adaptations happen is super cool. Yeah. Like it's, it's really, really neat. It'll be interesting to see once you start to do more like aerobic capacity work leading up to Festivus yeah. and the open and all those things um, to almost retest that yeah. and see what your heart rate's at. Because I'd be interested because a lot of people, you know, there's a ton of studies out there that show like it's not like your heart rate's going to be substantially different from doing 
standard bodybuilding to doing yeah. aerobic capacity work. So it'll be cool to actually test that well, out. And that's like one of the cool things about this is like, you know, I was saying I, I, when it comes to, you know, any sort of exercise training, whether it's the, the adventure races or CrossFit or whatever, yeah. uh, you know, I just like that, that feeling of, you know, intense, you know, output. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, yeah, Luke was saying, I'm signed up for Festivus and then I'm signed up for Bacon Fit, which is such a great name for a competition. It's, <laughs> Bacon at, Hill, it's at Bacon, Bacon Fest. Hill, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> uh, and, and then the Open. But, you know, I, I don't want to give the impression that, that I am or aspire to be a CrossFit athlete because I don't. Yeah. Uh, th- those are fun things to do, yeah. but they're tests just to see how you're doing. That's right. It's goals to keep you on this. That's exactly, path, that's exactly it. For yeah. sure. You know, really all Luke and I are trying to do, and this has been sort of our, our game since day one is I just want to be better. Yeah. I just want to be better today than I was yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, I'm happy to see that cause it means I seem to be getting better at running. Yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, and it would be nice to, you know, yeah, we've been getting, you know, better at, lots and lots of single arm dumbbell rows for the past 12 weeks aren't you uh, doing a lot of high volume squats as well there's a lot of high volume squats as well so maybe this is just me i would rather do like a one or two k row than like a set of <laughs> max 10 15 or 20 squats the leg days are yeah, the, yeah. the worst oh, yeah, yeah. i think the leg days that that chris is doing um they rival probably some of the hardest, toughest workouts that I've given him in the past that are even anaerobic and aerobically de- demanding. Oh yeah. Well, and he, this is this is kind of a, I think a, a good thing um, to to get out there is that really so Luke's done three cycles of these hypertrophy things. Each one's four weeks. That's right, right? That's right. Yeah, okay. Um, the the beginning of the third one, the first week, uh, was doing some deadlifts and probably was a bit too aggressive. Yeah. in the first week and, mm, yes, and, that's right. and, and tweaked my low back yep. um, as happens when you're 41 <laughs> uh, and so I said to Luke Luke tweak the low back it's going to take you know three years to get better again <laughs> uh, and so Luke dials back on that but it's not like he just scales it back he puts in some different stuff that's going to be able to accommodate that that's right uh, and, and I super appreciated the fact that uh, you know the training in the program was was malleable in order to accommodate that but but frankly I was complaining to him about this earlier uh, some of the stuff that he's gotten instead is in way my worse. opinion way worse <laughs> yeah so like I, I think one of the days was originally going to be you know eight front squats and eight back squats yeah and, and you know that that could just tweak up the back and so yeah. I said okay well how do, how do we play around with that so Luke originally had sort of goblet kettlebell squats yeah, oh, yeah that's fun and then eventually, uh, I needed a weight that was too heavy because you know we didn't have yeah. So it's like just do dual <laughs> front rack kettlebell squats. So here I am with a yeah. with a seventy you know four or whatever kilogram yeah. kettlebell in each hand. Yeah. Seventy four kilos. Yeah. Oh man. Doing doing like eight front squats. Yeah. Yeah, that's a thing. Oh. Worse, <laughs> so much worse. Oh, not fun at all. Not anyway. fun at all. Yeah. No. 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 It's good. Luke, were you gonna? Sorry, were you gonna say something? I thought Yoda was about to open his mouth. <laughs> no, I was just laughing that uh, Chris said that he had seventy-four kg kettlebells as um, opposed to pounds. <laughs> yeah, we have those. They're, they're huge. Triple oh yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Seventy-four. <laughs> there we go. You got it. Yeah, whatever, man. It's your world. We're just living in it. Do what you want. 
Uh, it was it was early on when I was working out in the back that I made the mistake of, of screwing up the kilograms and pounds, oh, putting yes. the plates on. Yes, and I only did that once. Yes, yes. <laughs> no, I just I just think the coolest thing moving forward is like Chris talked about how he did like a hand, he did like three handstand pushups the other yeah. day. Yeah. So like, we never really ever worked like kipping handstand pushups no. or, or or we didn't even do a lot of pull up work just based on your goals and where you were at. But I mean now. Uh, Without even focusing on handstand push-ups, you're like, I kicked up, but I did three. Yeah, I just want to yeah. see. I just want to see how this would go. Yeah, and it happens. It's crazy. That's cool. That's really cool to see. Um, okay, and I, you know, I think it is important to note as well. Like, we're there's probably a lot of verbiage that we're using where a lot of people are like, I have no <laughs> idea what they're saying. Like, if I just wanted to come in and like do a beginner program or lose weight, like, is this something I can do? hundred percent. Everything is all scalable. And that's what we're trying to get at is it's all personalized to you. Like if Chris has specific goals, Luke is going to alter his program so he can reach those goals. And, um, that's the beautiful of not just the beautiful thing of not just doing, you know, a standard group training practice, but actually having something that's designed for you and your specific needs. Well, I mean, listen, you know, the half of the crazy terms, like that's why I didn't say pooed in the kettlebell, yeah. <laughs> but you know, the terms like, you know, BMR and like all the, all the stuff that's floating around. You know, I'm a history major who's a labor lawyer. I don't know what the, you know, I didn't know what this means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you and Luke taught me what it means. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, it's not like I just sort of walked in off the street and was doing this. That's stuff. right. And so, right. Yeah, yeah, you guys are, are great at sort of you know, getting everybody on board. And, and you know, I, I feel like I've been given the tools to be able to do this. That's awesome. It's really good to hear. Um, cool. So um, before we wrap things up, I don't know if there's anything I'm missing that you wanted to touch upon, Luke, or Chris, you feel like you want to clarify anything? If not, nope. No, I don't I don't think so. Yoda has nothing to say. <laughs> Thanks, Luke. That's good. Yeah, that's going to be a thing. Okay, awesome. Well, Chris, honestly, thank you so much for taking time out of no, your busy you. day to be here. Um, as always, if you guys enjoyed the podcast, please make sure to rate us five stars. I haven't done this in a long time, so I, don't, I never know what to say. But uh, share it if you liked it. If you have any questions, reach out, reach out to us. And hope you guys have the best day ever. Bye for now. Bye.